0: may be seated in the Lord's house this morning. This morning I get the awesome privilege, the awesome privilege, awesome privilege to make this third installment in our series. Uh, All I do is win. All I do is win. We've talked about the fact that God has called us. He has chosen us. He has picked us out among many and He has saved us and brought us into his kingdom, and he brought us into his kingdom not for form or fashion, not by happenstance, but he brought us in to win. He brought us in to be overcomers. He brought us in to achieve and to persevere and and to uh, be examples in a world that needs examples. The world needs to see winners, Um, need to see winners, need to see people that can persevere in difficulty, people that, uh, that just don't throw in the towel, but uh, are willing to go the last mile, willing to uh, extend themselves because they understand that God has created them to win. And we said as a church, as a corporate body, God has also called us to win, that he does not assemble us together uh, for nothing. That, that he has not assembled us together just to come in here and praise him, uh, just to come in here and worship him. But he has assembled us together strategically because the Bible says that it is him that addeth to the church. Uh, Acts tells us that he added to the church daily, daily, he added to the church daily, such as should be saved. So he he he, he strategically Uh, orchestrates, strategically puts people in place. And so you're not here by happenstance, but you're here by God's divine orchestration because he wants the church to win. Uh, He understands our criticality in uh, this season. Uh, The the world needs to see the, the church. The Bible says that we are... Uh, light, that that, that uh, we are salt and light. We are light set on a hill that should not be hid, uh, should not be put up under a bushel, but we are to, to shine. We, we, we are to illuminate. We, we are to bring light into a dark world. And we can attest that our world is dark. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of darkness going on, a lot of, lot of dark places, but God wants us to shine so that we can illuminate light in those dark areas, whether it be in our workplace, whether it be in our community, whether it be in our families, God wants us to shine. I wish I had a witness in the building. So we've looked at, we, we, we've looked at what, it, or we are looking at what it takes to be winners as Christians and as a corporate body and we said that as a church God has given us a mission and it's critical that everyone knows what they are are part of uh that we understand that the the goal and and the mission that God has given us so God has given us a mission here at Faith City to love reach and grow people let's let's say that together love reach and grow people And he's also given us a vision. He's given us a vision. And our vision is to impact our community and the world by transforming lives for Jesus Christ. Let's say that. It's on the the screen. (laughs) To impact our community and the world by transforming lives for Jesus Christ. Anytime anybody asks you what we have been called to do as a corporate body, we all should know this. We all should be able to regurgitate this. Uh, so that people would know that we're on the same page, that we're walking in agreement, and there's power in agreement. Uh, uh, The Bible says that God commands a blessing where there is agreement. When we all understand our mission, and when we all understand our vision, then God has to come in, and he has to bless. And that blessing does not only bless the corporate body, but it extends down into our personal lives. Uh, yeah. So 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 some of the ways that we've been talking about uh, that we win and that we live out this 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 winning mentality and attitude is by living out biblical values, living out biblical values. People want to see something these days They they, 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 they want to see something. We, we've heard enough. Talk is cheap. Uh, people want to see. They they they, they want to see. So so God has given us here seven values. Values that that people can see as a corporate body. Us winning. Us winning. And we said that they are love, uh, truth, service, generosity, excellence, diversity, and youth development. So over the last several weeks, we've covered love. We we've covered what it means to. To love. Uh, you know, when we look at Christ, Christ set the greatest example of love. Uh, no greater love than this, than a man to lay down his life for a friend. God laid down his life for us. He showed us that type of love. Uh, and it is that same love that God wants us to extend to others because the world needs love. Many of us are in here today because somebody loved us. Somebody treated us well. Somebody looked past our circumstance, looked past our problems, looked past our issues and loved us. I'm so glad about that. Uh, I'm so glad that Christ looked past my situation. I'm, I'm so glad he looked past my problems and he's still looking past some of the issues that I got. Uh, maybe I'm the only one with some issues. Uh, he, he's looking past that and I thank God for that. And then we said truth. You know, the, the, the world needs truth. Uh, 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 God has created uh, God is truth and his word is true 66 books speak of the truth of God's word the truth that has been ushered down into our lives the truth that has been laid over us. It is that truth that empowers us, that strengthens us, that allows us to get up in the morning, uh, that allows us to go through the day. Uh, truth like weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. Truth like I am the head and not the tail. That I am above and not beneath. That I'm blessed in going in and I'm blessed coming out. That, 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 that uh, I'm healed and not sick. I, I mean truth like that, truth like that transforms our lives. Then we said service. God has called us to serve because he was a servant. Understand, he, 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 he called his disciples together as he was getting ready to uh, 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 leave uh, uh, earth and go to glory. He assembled them together. And the Bible says that he girded himself uh, with uh, 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 an apron and he washed the disciples' feet. He served them and he served from the time he was born until the time of his death. And I want to suggest that he's still serving us every day of our lives. And because he is a servant, understand, and we are called as his children, we are created in his image and likeness. So if our father serves, uh, yeah, that means that us as children ought to serve as well. We ought to set that example. Yeah, so so today we're going to look at generosity and we're going to look at excellence uh, uh, because God has called us to be generous because he was generous. Yeah, he's called us to be excellent. Ah uh, yeah, excellent. Uh, I, I I like things done in excellence. Anybody like excellent things? I I, I just don't like happens. I, I just don't like things that are just thrown together. No no, I I like excellent things. I don't like cakes that are just thrown together. No no, I I I, I don't like meals that are just thrown together. I want something excellent. I want something that when I sit down, it's gonna taste good. Gonna tickle uh my 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 my, 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 my uh, what they call it. Um, my palate, yeah, my palate, yeah, yeah, that's gonna tickle it, that's gonna make it feel good. Uh, y'all ain't gonna, well, y'all ain't with me. Uh, yeah, I, uh, well, it ain't going there. So let's look generosity. Somebody say generosity. Let's look at Proverbs 3 and 9. Proverbs 3 and 9. Proverbs 3 and 9. Here we have Solomon. Here we have uh, recorded by uh, what many believe is the wisest person that would ever live. Wisdom is speaking here. Wisdom is talking to us. Wisdom is ushering us into uh, a greater understanding. Solomon says, honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops. Solomon says, honor the Lord with your wealth. He said that if you want to, uh, honor the Lord, if you want to use your wealth properly, uh, then you need to figure out how to honor God with it. He didn't say honor man. He didn't, he didn't say honor somebody else, but he says honor God. God gives us wealth, uh, to, so that he can get the honor. Uh, yeah, and one of the ways that that we honor the Lord with our wealth is generosity. Generosity. Gen- let's look at this. Generosity means to act with kind, to act with kindness, to be open and willing to share with others without any expectation. Note that of receiving something back in return. Ah, uh, yeah, and, and, and it says with no expectation, without. Expectation, because many a times our motivation uh, uh, in the things that we do, we do it with the expectation that we're going to get something back. But here, uh, this definition is helping us to understand that when we're generous, there should be no expectation. We shouldn't expect anything in return. And tell you the truth, this is counterculture. Uh yeah because the the world says yeah the, the world says we live in a day and time where people uh uh believe the more you give the less you're going to have. Uh yeah, the more I give, the less I'm going to have. The more I spend on something, the less I'm going to have. The more I give to somebody without expecting anything in return, the less I'm going to have. My 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 net worth is going to go down. Yeah, my, my my digits in my bank account are gonna go down because I'm giving out. This is this is what the culture says, but the Bible contends with culture. Uh, that's why it's important to know the word of God to, to to understand the word God is trying to take us from a natural mentality to a spiritual mentality because as long as we're operating in a natural in ta- uh, mentality we are capped we're, we're, we're limited we can't go any further but once we step over into the spiritual realm there is a, a broad spectrum God can do some things when we step over into the spiritual aspect and this is what Jesus says to us Jesus not not Paul not 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 Peter uh yeah not John not Matthew but look at what Jesus says Jesus says in Acts 20 and 35 he says remembering the words that the Lord Jesus himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive now this is is not a prophet this is Jesus Jesus is saying that that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, And then he tells us in Luke 6 and 38, Jesus said, he says, give and it will be given you. He says, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over uh, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, uh, it will be measured to you. We like to shout off that verse. We we, we, we like to praise God off that verse. Uh, uh, but many times we like the fact that it says he's going to give us a good measure. pressed down, shaking together and running over and pouring into our laps. But the first thing it says, it says you got to give. He says the only way that this is going to work out right, the only way that you're going to activate uh, uh, the good measure, the only way that you're going to activate that thing being pressed down, shaking together, and running over is you got to give. Matter of fact, this is a commandment. This is an imperative, a uh, 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 verb, a uh, uh, give. It is a command. God is commanding a lifestyle of giving. <laughs> And the reason he does that, because he exhibited a lifestyle of giving. And as children of our Father, and as servants of our Lord, truly, if he gave, there's an expectation of us giving. So he says, a good measure, good measure, good measure. How many like good measures? Yeah, good measures, good measures. I, I, I mean, good measures. I, when I eat, I like good portions. If I'm going to a place to eat and they give me a little bit, guess what? I'm not going back because I like good portions. I, I, you know, I, I don't I, I, you give me some scrippy fries. No, I, I like a good portion of fries. Give me the whole potato. Don't, don't cheat me. Don't cheat me. No, no, no. Don't cut part of my meat off and save it for somebody else and put it in another. I want all my meat. I want all of it. I want a good portion. And God gives us a good measure based on what we give. He says, I'll give you a good measure and I'll, I'll press it down. <laughs> uh, I I, I, well, I don't know why I'm talking so much about food today, but uh, 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 I, I, I don't like I don't like to go to the grocery store and, and purchase popcorn these days, chips these days, uh, because I, I feel the bag and it's just halfway full. Uh, they put all that air in there, but they still charging me the same price or more. <laughs> no, no, no! no. I, I got a place that I go. I, I, we we go and we get our popcorn because I I, 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 I like they. Up the bag and they fill the bag and they shake it and they put more in and they shake it again and they put more in, and that thing is full to the brim. I, I'm getting what I paid for. So I, I like going to that place. And that's what God says He will do if we give, He'll give us good measure. He'll 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 put it in and he'll press it down and he'll shake it together and he'll put some more in there and he'll press down and shake it together, and before you know it, it'll be running over. That's what our God can do. And see the world, to the world and to some of us who are believers, this doesn't make sense. It's not logical for me to give and then expect to receive more. Uh, that, that, that giving will cause me to, to reap a bountiful harvest but this is a spiritual truth about generosity. And as spiritual uh As Christians... God has called us to not walk after the flesh, but to walk after the Spirit. Because He understands, that's why He gives us His Holy Spirit to indwell us, so that we can lean more on the spiritual side than the natural side. Because when we lean more on the spiritual side, then we understand spiritual things. We we tap into hidden truth of God's Word. We tap into the fact that that God is not going to take from me if He's not going to give. No, 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 no. If he's requiring me to give something, guess what? He's already gave me what I need to give, and he only wants me to be a conduit of what he wants to flow through me. Ah, uh, so as believers, understand we're called to be generous. In fact, generosity is a fruit of the Spirit. When we talk about goodness, 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 uh, uh, it, 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 it really means generosity. It means uh, honorable or honoring. It means charitable. It means uh, willing to to, to share. So whether we do it or not, it's in us. The power to uh, uh, operate generously is inside of us. Because all of us have experienced times in our lives where we have been generous. I hope so. (laughs) <laughs> well, we have been generous and it's because God has put that in us but God wants us to operate more in that mentality because when we do it we're going to see that it's a spiritual thing generosity has to do with spirituality it has to do uh, with spiritual maturity that when you are spiritual and mature that you understand the power of generosity and the greatest act of generosity, I said, was our Lord and Savior. The fact that he gave his life. He gave his life that you and I might enjoy this life and that we might enjoy our eternal life. And he not only gave then, but he continues to give. He gave this morning. The reason that you're here is because he gave. That's not your breath. <laughs> now he gave you that breath. The alarm clock didn't wake you up. He gave you that. He woke you up. He gave you that breath. The blood that's running warm in your veins. Yeah, yeah, he gave you that blood. The reason that you were able to put one feet on the floor and then the other one is because he gave you mobility of your limbs. The only way that you can move, matter of fact, the Bible says that... Uh, 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 in him we live, move, and have our being. So it is because of him that we're here this morning. We can wave our hands because of him. We can blink our eyes because of him. I don't know if anybody's thankful about that this morning. But I'm so glad that I, I serve a God that loves me so much that, that he continues to give. He doesn't look at me and say, I done gave enough. Ooh, glory to God! They look at me and say, "I've done all that I can do." Ah, uh, no, He doesn't do us like people. He doesn't do us like people so "I can, t- I don't took you as far as I can take you." Now you're on your own. But I'm so glad that I serve a God. Glory to God that continues to give whatever I need. He's able to give me. If I need a healing, He's able to give me. If I need some resources, He's able to give. Whatever I need, He's able to give. Anybody glad about that this morning? I ain't going there yet. Uh, Yeah, the very fact that you and I were created in this image and likeness. Yeah. uh, is a reason that we ought to be generous. So what is, what is, what is generosity? What does it look like? What is generosity? Let's look at this. Generosity is designed to take us on a spiritual journey from being self-focused and self-obsessed to being God-focused and eternal and eternal in nature yeah, eternal in nature uh, we, how can I, we were born selfish we were born selfish I mean we got you, you know as a child that was your toy it might have been somebody else but it was your toy you, you, your, you know, your toy you claim that thing because we are selfish beings we are all about us <laughs> uh, y'all ain't gonna help me this morning we're, 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 we're all about us and that's what God is trying to get out of us <laughs> that selfish mentality Uh, He wants us to be selfless. Uh, uh, He wants us to be able to put others first Uh, uh, before us. Jesus looked on the multitude with compassion. He he saw somebody else uh, uh, that was in need. He saw somebody else that needed more than what he needed. How how often are we selfless? Yeah. Yeah. Were we selfless this week? Or were we Selfish? (laughs) yeah yeah because naturally being generous doesn't make sense giving up my time talent and resources for nothing in return because after all it is about a return isn't it (laughs) Uh, it is about a return I I mean after all life is about making money yeah yeah That you can spend and buy anything you want. Right? Isn't that what life is? Or or is it? Ah. Because the world would say that it's about making as much money as you can and doing whatever you want with the money that you make. Buying anything that you want because it's your money. Y'all going to help help me this morning. I I mean, life has to be more than making money and buying things. It has to be. I I, I, I sure want it to be. (laughs) I I mean, there's a greater fulfillment when it comes to generosity. It should be. I, I mean, when was the last time you were generous? And how did it make you feel? Yeah, that's because when we we do that, we're operating in God's nature and it makes us feel good because that's what we were created to do. There's There's a perpetual fulfillment there that cannot be matched by anything natural because the house will not bring you consistent fulfillment. You'll be excited when you move in. You'll be excited a year later. But five years in, three years in, when you got to replace the paint, when you got to replace the roof, when the plumbing needs repairing, When the continual maintenance goes on, when your life has become busy and you can't take care of it like you want to, you will appreciate the apartment. <laughs> but there's a, there should be a greater fulfillment when it comes to generosity. Let me give you an example. Uh, We see this in the early church. We see this in Acts 2 and 42 and 45. Look at it quickly. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They, They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Note their hearts. Note the gladness. It says praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. These individuals understood that God had blessed them and in turn... They were to bless others. Can I tell you that God blesses us not just for ourselves. That he blesses us. That he increases us uh, with the intent on us being a conduit so that we can bless somebody else less fortunate than us. I mean, uh, they took what they had and they met the needs of others. And because of that, the Bible says that the Lord added daily To uh, to them that should be saved. I mean, look at the tremendous result of their generosity. People were touched. And can I tell you today, that's what people need. They need a touch. They need to know that somebody cares. And generosity, being generous is a sign of love. It's a sign of caring. It's a sign of seeing somebody else less fortunate. Seeing somebody else in need and willing to step up and meet that need. Not waiting on somebody else, but you. Being that person. Because oftentimes we want to wait on somebody else. Oftentimes we say, well, I just don't have enough. Oftentimes we say there's somebody else that can do much more than I can do. But the truth of the matter is is that when God puts that in our spirit, it's for us. Mm. I mean, these people were being selfless instead of selfish. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what would... Your life looked like if you were more generous. And I know somebody's saying, Well, if I had more, I'd be more generous. Well, the Bible says that you got to be faithful in the little. Yeah, when He sees you doing what you should be doing with the little, then He will bless you with more. But oftentimes we're waiting on the more, and God is saying, I'm waiting on you to use what you got. Because when you use what you got, then I'll release more. (laughs) I'll open that floodgate uh, uh, of heaven and I'll pour that out unto you. What would the church look like if it was more generous? Mm. I mean, what would the church look like? Uh, uh, (laughs) Yeah. So look at this. Generosity is a sign of spiritual health. So are you living a life that is more centered around your needs and your wants? Or the needs and wants of others? How are we living our life? Are we working just to fulfill our desires? Or are we we allowing God the opportunity to speak to us? So that we can use what we have to be a blessing to others. Or when he speaks to us, do we shut him out? Do we tune him off? Yeah, tune him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we turn the volume down on God <laughs> so that we don't hear him when he's speaking? Uh, y'all crying? I like him when he's crying. Y'all thinking? Y'all thinking? I mean, if you think about it, Jesus spoke more about money than anything else in the Bible. Look at it. I, we all want to go to heaven, but he spoke more about money than heaven. I mean, we all want love, but he spoke more about money than love. Why? Why, why did he do? He understood the, 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 the danger of not understanding the role of money in our life. He never wanted money to rule us, but us to rule money. He never wanted us to overwork ourselves for money. Yeah, because that's what we do. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so when it comes, think about it. When it comes to, to, to money, it's a hard issue. The Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so if our hearts are not right, then we have the potential to misuse what God has purposed Would be a blessing for us. And see that's the danger. That's the danger of not understanding that role. Not understanding the role of what God has put in our life to be a blessing. It's not so that we could be bound to it. But so that it could be bound to us. So as we grow spiritually. It becomes more and more. Less about us. And more about God. Yeah. More about his will. More about his way. More about what he wants us to do with what he has given us. <laughs> yeah. The next thing is the generosity understands who's the real owner or who the real owner is. Yeah. I mean, when you truly understand that, I, I, I mean, you understand uh, uh, that everything that we have, the, the, the house, the car, the, the Bitcoin, the 401k, uh, everything that we have belongs to God. Amen. Yeah, it belongs to him yeah I know you, you might have a title, but it belongs to him. Yeah I know you get up every morning, but the truth of the matter, uh, when that check comes, whether it's deposit or whether it's a paper, understand, it belongs to him. Uh, I, I, I mean the house that you decorate and you make so so warming and so inviting. I, 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 I know you pay the note, but it belongs to him. I know the car that you're driving, and you like the, you like to armor all the tires and, and you like for it to smell good and look good, but the truth of the matter, it belongs to God yeah it belongs to him yeah so generosity will it it becomes it should become a part of our lifestyle everything that God has given us understand that, that 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 has given to us that that we we've been called to be good stewards of it good stewards good stewards yeah are you a good steward of what God has given you Are you maintaining it properly? Are you taking care of it like like it should, like you should? Yeah, because after all, God is watching. He's he's observing how we're managing the things that we we give, that he gives unto us. I I mean, if I'm giving my children something, I'm watching them. I'm watching how they're managing. I'm watching how they're treating. I'm watching them whether they take care of it or not, because that's going to determine whether I give them anything else. And that's what God is watching us. I I believe that, that, that we would probably be more generous. Yeah. Yeah. If we understood that it belongs to him. Yeah. Not only that, but generosity supports the vision. It supports the vision that God has given us in our personal life as well as corporately. Because all of us have a vision for our life. All of us want to accomplish things. All of us feel that God has called us to, uh, and set some courses in our life, but, but God is trying to let us know that the way that we get there, the way that he, he releases more into our lives because there's no vision, whether it's corporately or whether it's individual, that's not going to happen without more resources. It's going to take the resources. Uh, in order for you to feel, fulfill your divine, your, 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 your purpose, whether it's education or whether it's a, it's a house or whether it's marriage or whether it's raising children, all of that happens with resources. Yeah. What education are you going to get without any resources? What, tell me, what house are you going to buy without some resources? How are you going to raise those children without resources? It's going to take it. It's going to take it. So, so, so generosity doesn't only support the day-to-day operations of the church, but, uh, but think about how, many, how much impact we could make. Yesterday was, was outreach. I, I don't know how many people we served yesterday, but can you imagine what the church could do? Can you imagine the hundreds and thousands of, of, of individuals that we could impact with resources? Uh, I, I know we get food from the food pantry, but what if we could add more on top of that? How, how many other families could we impact? I, I, I mean, if you, you think about uh, 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 how, how many thousands of people, how, uh, how much could we impact our schools and, and be an impact to them, those at-risk kids, how, how could we touch their lives? I'm meeting with a lady this week uh, that's in charge of the first choice, which is um, uh, a, a religious group uh, within the school system. Uh, and when I first heard about it, I, I said, they, they're allowing our children to come uh, and gather and learn the Bible? Yes. Yes. And, and that's a good thing. And I, I, I want to know how, how can we be an impact? What can we do? What, what, what difference can we make? What resources can we follow in to, to help that group grow and help them reach uh, the lives of, of, of children and turn their lives upside down? Uh, 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 because truth of the matter is that we got a responsibility. I mean, what could happen if, if we had the resources to set up youth groups? What, what could happen? What, what would, what could, who could, yeah, we keep from committing a mass murder yeah. or suicide, I hear you. What child could we deposit into positively that they're not getting it at home, but they can get it at a, at a, at a, at a different setting to help empower them and bring that into the house and change the house. Glory to God. what impact could we make if the church used the resources that it had to make a difference in the lives of people what could happen if we were able to buy houses for people what would happen if we'd be able to buy a single mother a car otherwise she didn't have to work so hard and be away from the children And the children at home doing God knows what. What what could happen. And this is what God has called us to to do as as his house, as his people, as his house, as his dwelling house. But also as his corporate body. He's called us to make a difference by way of generosity in a world that needs to be touched. Mm. Not only that, but generosity glorifies God. (laughs) Generosity glorifies God. Our resources should glorify God, not us. Yeah, the Bible says that Jesus looked on the multitude and had compassion on them. I mean, if, if, if all we're doing is fulfilling our selfish wants and desires with our resources, that, can I tell you that doesn't glorify God? Hmm. I mean, if, if we live in the nice house and we drive the nice car and we wear the nice clothes and jewelry, eat at the finest restaurants, but never give... To somebody in need. How have we glorified God? Because the house doesn't glorify God. I know we say God wants us to stay in a big house. He wants us to drive the finest cars. Does God really care about where you stay? Does he really care about whether you stay in an apartment or a house? I, I, I mean, the Bible says that uh, he, he, he had no dwelling place. You think he's really concerned about the car that you drive? I mean, I go in the parking lot and say, God wants me to have this car. Does he really? Does he really? Does he really? I mean, we've all said that. We've all said that. We've all said that. I'm guilty of that. God wants me to have that. No, it's just me wanting to have that and putting God's name on that to validate What I'm getting ready to purchase because it sounds good. Just tell the truth. I like that. I want that. Just tell the truth and don't put it on God. (laughs) But we've all been guilty of that. Yeah. Because understand that when we stand before Christ, yeah, it's not going to be about the house or the car, it's going to be about our works. Yeah, generosity is a work. I mean, we're called to do good works. This is what Paul said in Ephesians 2 and 10. He says, "For we are God's handy work created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do." Look at that. He says, God has prepared some things for us to do. He's prepared some things for us to do. He's prepared some people for us to bless. He prepared to put us in the path of somebody less fortunate than us. And he's blessed us to be a blessing unto them. He's prepared that before the foundation of the world. He set that up. That's critical. He set that up. And one of the things that hinder us from being able to be generous is that we continue to be slave to the lender. Yeah. Here's a, here's a note. Debt is a stumbling block to generosity. It's a stumbling block to generosity. I mean, think about it. We, we get the new job, and instead of putting that amount of increase away, we immediately purchase something that eats up that increase. Oh. <laughs> oh. When if we have taken that amount of increase and put it away then we'd have had savings for the day that God unctions us to be generous Hmm. or we fall into the trap that Eve fell into you know the trap that says you know I I deserve it you know I I deserve the vacation yeah I know it I know it I know it I know it I deserve the house. I deserve the car. I deserve the clothes. We, we, we fall into that trap of I deserve. And it eats up what we could be saving. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is, there's going to be a rainy day. But will you have a rainy day fund, Or will you continue to be slave to the lender? I like it when it's this quiet. I'm glad y'all got your praise on beforehand. Because God wants his people to live a life of generosity. God wants us to live that life. He wants us to be able to, that when he auctions us, to be able to do it freely and willingly and trusting him in the midst of it. And he does that not only so that we could feel good, but so he could feel good. So that it glorifies him. And so that he can, t- can continue to bless our life to be a conduit to touch the lives of others. God does not only just want us to feel that one time. He does not only want us to feel that twice, that good feeling because we are in tune with him. No, he wants that thing to be a perpetual, a perpetual thing. So as a church, God wants us to, to be committed Uh, uh, to financial generosity. Let's go to excellence. I have 15 seconds. I don't know how to do it, but 15 seconds. 15 seconds. Uh, Excellence. Somebody say excellence. 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 Somebody say, I'm glad he off that. Yeah. (laughs) Excellence. (laughs) Excellence. Excellence. Uh, See, see, though there's nothing wrong with average, can I suggest that God wants us to be excellent? (laughs) He wants us to operate in a spirit of excellence. Hmm. I I mean, as believers understand, we we are called to to live this kind of life because average blends in, but excellence stands out. And we've been called to stand out. We've been called, I told you to be the salt and the light. We've been called, you have the people to look at our lives. Uh, I I know we spend time looking at others but but God wants us on display. God wants people to see the excellent spirit that he's put on us so that we could exhibit it. Matter of fact, this is what Paul said in, in Colossians 3 and 23. He says whatever you do, work at it with all your heart and working for the Lord, not For human mass. He says whatever you do, do it in a spirit of excellence because you're not doing it unto man but you're doing it unto God you're doing it unto your creator, your master, your lord, your saviour You're doing it unto the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You're not doing it just for anybody, but you're doing it for the one that hung the moon and divided the firmament. You're you're doing it for the one that healed blinded eyes and and, and healed lepers. You're you're doing it for the one that dried up issues of blood. You're you're doing it for the one that you're going to call on in your time of trouble. He says do it with everything you have. And two things are critical when it comes to us, us having a spirit of excellence: it's the mode and uh, the motivation. In other words, the how and the why. The how and the why. How? How do? How can we do? It? How can we do things in a spirit of excellence? Yeah, can I suggest to you? Because we have the spirit in us, the same spirit that is in Christ dwells inside of you and I. In other words, that same excellent spirit that he had uh, is in us. He empowers us to do it. He, he gives us the ability uh, to do it. I mean, the Bible says that Daniel had a spirit of excellence. He had a spirit. Babylon, but, uh, 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 the king, he, he picked out several people when he went in and seized an area. And he only picked people that were different. Yeah, he only picked people that he saw something in. Yeah. Daniel had a, a spirit of excellence about him. Matter of fact, Daniel 5 and 12 says, For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding in interpreting of dreams and, and showing of, of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel. We read about Daniel, we think about Daniel in the lion's den. But it was more to Daniel than just being in the lion's den. Daniel had an excellent spirit. Daniel knew how to conduct himself. Daniel knew how to trust in God. Daniel knew how to honor God with his life. Daniel knew how to to get God's attention. Uh, He he said, I'm not going to eat what y'all eat. I'm going to set my diet aside because I'm trying to be in tune with God. (laughs) He had an excellent spirit. Matter of fact, 6 and and 3 says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes. Why? Because of his spirit. Yeah. See, when, 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 when God's excellent spirit is on you, it makes a difference. Yeah, when you step into that interview room, it makes a difference when that excellent spirit is on you. Yeah, when you go into that business deal, it makes a difference when that excellent spirit is on you. Yeah, when, 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 when you go to the bank and, and, and you're trying to uh, make that transaction, that excellent spirit is on you. It, the favor of God is on you. It makes a difference, glory to God. Hallelujah, when that spirit is on you. So God did not give us any kind of spirit, but he gave us his spirit. Yeah, a spirit not to blend in, but to stand out. Because the Bible says that you are chosen. Yeah, that you are a royal priesthood. <laughs> that you are a holy nation. Yeah, that you, 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 you're peculiar. Yeah, you're peculiar people. Uh, you're not like everybody else. Uh, yeah, when you move into the neighborhood, you're not like everybody else. When, you, when you're on the job, you're not like everybody else. People see something different in your life. And that's what God wants. God wants us to operate in a spirit of excellence because that's what's going to make the difference in the lives that God has called us to come in contact with. And then why? We know the how, but why? What is the motivation to do uh, things in an excellent spirit? I mean, we're we're doing it for our Heavenly Father who loves us. Yeah. And we should want to please Him. Every one of us should want to please God. I, I mean, I want to please my wife, but I want to please the Lord more. And when I please, matter of fact, when I please the Lord, I'm pleasing her. So, so, so God wants us to, to do it with that motivation. Not, not out of thinking that we're going to get anything in return because we are. But, but he wants us to do it because he loves us and we love him. So God has, has set an excellent example. An example that we should model after. I mean, everything that we do should be done in a spirit of excellence, whether it be managing money, whether it be raising children, (laughs) whether it be living a single lifestyle, whether it be a marriage, whether it be raising those children, whether it be working in the church, leading, whatever it is, we should do it in a spirit of excellence. And that's what God is looking for. I'm getting ready to close. That's what God is looking for. He's not looking for perfection. But he's looking for excellence. There's a difference. He's not lo- looking up for us to never make a mistake because we are. But perfection, perfection. Uh, that, uh, it, it's about doing things well and doing it decently and doing it in order. And when we do it that way, God is pleased. It makes a difference. And for the church to do it that way. Can you imagine the difference that it makes when people come in and they see things operating in the spirit of excellence? People serving in the spirit of excellence. People's attitudes at a spirit of excellence. Not bickering and arguing. Because, you know, the church can be known for that. You know, we're fighting over pews and what color chairs, what color the walls going to be. No, this a, should be a place of harmony because we all should bring ourselves down to a place of humility that nobody is bigger than anybody that we only hear by the grace and the mercy of God that none of us have dotted every I and crossed every T but it's his grace that has us here his grace that brings us together. And when we're operating like that, then we're operating in a spirit of excellence. <laughs> so what I've been talking about over the last several weeks, got two more to go, is we're talking about a culture. And that's what God trying to, is trying to build here at Faith City. He's trying to build a culture of these seven things. A culture where people can love one another. A culture where we speak the truth, live the truth, exemplify the truth. A culture of service. Where we serve God, but we serve one another. Yeah. A culture of generosity. Where we understand when one is hurting, we're all hurting. That if one has a need, we all got a need. A culture where we when we see people out there that are struggling that we do our part as a church. And we help meet that need we have to we help to bring harmony we help to bring restoration that that there are marriages that need healing that that there are children that need to be instructed and and, and loved that that there are people that need to be empowered people that people are dealing with mental issues and, and and emotional struggles and financial issues i mean this is a really this is a, a, a our goal is to holistically help people i don't just We shouldn't just want them to shout and praise God and then go back home to the same trouble. It's about building people, helping people to be overcomers, overachievers, to help people know that their mistake doesn't determine their destiny. That we all made mistakes. We've all suffered. We've all gone through some things and still going through some things. But God has shown us grace and mercy and that same mercy and grace we need to be showing to one another. So we're talking about culture. And see, this is, these seven things help a winning culture. Winning culture. One that truly makes a difference in the lives, in our lives, in the lives of others. So that's how God has called us to win as a church. We'll deal with the next two next week but God is trying to change us and shift us. As we get ready to go over into the next facility God I want to have a, have a, a fresh mind. I want us to refocus on some things and understand how, who we are and what we've been called to do that when we get over in there we can do it to the glory of God. That souls can be saved. People can be changed. Anybody glad about that? Hallelujah. You want to be responsible for helping somebody's life to be better? Pull somebody out of their struggle, of their trial? Come on and rest on your feet on today. Maybe there's somebody up under the sound of my voice. Maybe you're dealing with some things that you don't feel like you're winning.